Welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Denise Lee, and I'm a coach, speaker, and advisor dedicated to help you grow and transform not just your business, but your life. And today, we're going to be talking about self-care. I'm calling out to all the martyrs and the perfectionists and the do-gooders and the people who spend up all night working on a project that's only seen by almost no one because you are so afraid of showing your stuff to other people and being proceed as anything less like the perfect person that you are. Yes, I'm calling all that out. Honey, we need to be talking about how you can be able to embrace who you are, how to enjoy and lavish in self-care, and what you can do to get more love in your life in all areas, not just romantic, love in your business, love in your romance, love with your family, and feel great about that. If that is something that's really resonating with you, stay tuned. We're going to be talking about how to get self-care done right, coming to you after this short break. Hey, 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 and we're back. So glad that you are choosing. We're going to dive into this. This is definitely something that I know you might be squirming a little in your chair about because we might be digging up some stuff that may feel uncomfortable, but I know that you can do this because you're committed to your own personal development group. How awesome is that? If this is your very first time listening, welcome. Make sure you hit that follow, subscribe button. That way, as soon as I drop another episode, like this, maybe something lighter, who knows what I'll be talking about next time, but it's always going to be about improving the awesomeness that is you. Make sure that you follow, subscribe, that way you stay plugged in. And for those of you guys who have been listening and have been enjoying the ride, so thank you so much for being with you. Make sure that you write a review wherever you're listening, letting people know what you love about this. And if you're interested, you can also leave a voicemail message. Make sure they include your name and your hometown. That way we can give you some free publicity. How's that? That sounds awesome. <laughs> Either way it works for you, just go ahead and do that. That makes sure that we can be able to grow this community and other people can be able to receive the message. The Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast is not just designed for introverts, it's not just designed for entrepreneurs, it's designed for anybody who's looking to up-level in their mindset, how they live their lives, the quality of their life. Too many people have been taking the short route toward instant gratification and I want us to live a life full of joy. A life full of joy is understanding the good, the bad, the ugly, and embracing it with a happy and willing attitude, not a begrudging, here we go again. That's not living joyful lives. I want us to embrace and understand that every single moment that happens to us is a teaching moment to help us to understand ourselves and the world around us in a beautiful and better way. So I'm just so excited that you are here enjoying the moment, enjoying how you are transforming, enjoying how you're changing. And before we even kind of talk in this subject, I have received some messages from people that saying that, my goodness, Denise, you have been changing the way I think about things. It's not so much about be happy and do good things, but it's about who I am, how I'm wired, and why I might have been repeating things that have happened to me in the past and why I found myself attracted to certain things. That is a freaking miracle because that's really what I want to do. I'm not really interested in surface level solutions. I really want to get deep into healing and transformation because when we understand ourselves on a deeper level, we can avoid pitfalls and obstacles and things that other people seem to be falling in and out and in and out. And that's not you. You are the person who wants 
real transformative change and that is what this podcast about and that's why you're here and that's why you're plugged in and I'm so excited for us to dive into it. If you're interested in learning more about me, obviously visit me on denisegeely.com. You can read my bio, learn about other programs and offerings I have. Also, you can check out the links in the show notes below where you can connect with me offline or schedule an appointment. That's something that's of interest to you. Okay. Now let's talk about this whole issue of self-care. I I remember for the longest time, you know, prior to coaching, prior to even my own recovery work and self-development work, people always say self-care. And I always thought self-care was going to the nail salon or going to the hairdresser. And I remember every time I went to either the salon or the hairdresser, I felt really crappy because I found myself beelined and attracted to people who made me feel intimidated if I didn't buy more or or yeah, buy more stuff, which isn't really self-care. That's intimidation and pressure. But I went there over and over again because that's what you're supposed to do as a woman. You're supposed to go get to, go to the nail parlor, go get your hair done, you know, do all those things that on the surface may seem like it's great. But if you're doing it for the wrong purposes or you're doing it for a a little token self-esteem boost, that's not really self-care. And that's not what I really want to talk about. I really want to get us to the real heart, the nook and cranny of what really self-care is. But before I do that, I want to kind of explain why do people have struggles with self-care? Because when you think of self-care, most of people think, oh, get some sleep, eat some fruit, more fruits and vegetables, drink more water, right? But let's talk about what really causes people to stumble or fumble and have weeks where they're on the self-care kick and then other weeks they're literally under the couch eating a bag of chips and watching their favorite TV show or whatever. (laughs) And there's four main areas I want to talk with you first about that to kind of really understand. And as you're listening, identify maybe one or multiple areas that you feel like, oh, wow, Denise is really hitting home on that. I need to perhaps investigate a little bit more because I by no means think that this episode is itself enough. This is just scratching the surface to help you kind of identify. Maybe there's one or multiple areas that you need to examine furthermore, okay? So the first reason why people don't do self-care or consistently do self-care is a lack of knowledge, a knowledge gap. This is where you don't understand the importance of it, there is missing information or the implication of why it's important that you prescribe to doing certain things. For example, I remember for the longest time, people would tell me, it's good to wrap your hair with a silk wrap. And I just thought, oh, that's expensive. Why do I need to buy that? A good old cotton wrap was good. And I remember they would say, oh, because it's important to wrap your hair because it's less friction, less damage on your hair. And that way you don't, your hair doesn't break out. But you know, I didn't really see it unless I actually started doing it. I remember when I first started very being very intentional and in using 100% Milbury silk satin, or just there's so many different types of satin out there. And for those of you guys who don't know what satin is, satin is actually comes from a silkworm and they kind of put it out naturally and then people kind of take all the strands that come out of the silkworm and they weave it together to make fabric it's actually enchanting I 
my husband and I, we took a trip to China once and we went to see a silk factory. And I actually saw the women weave the silk from the actual bundles of silk from the silkworm and actually weave it together. It was very fascinating stuff. So if you're ever are curious and go on YouTube and actually see how silk is woven together, it's very fine. It's very fragile. Um, some of it does not take to water very easily. So you have to be very careful about how the fabric was constructed because some obviously some qualities of silk are better than others. But the whole point I'm trying to make of this is that I lack the knowledge to understand for me why using certain products were important because I didn't see it in action. And when I started making the, the, the intentional effort to transition from using cotton to more silk-based product, especially for as for hair care and hair maintenance, I saw the difference in terms of my hair length and my the strength of my hair, and it didn't feel as brittle. And I saw it. For some people, you heard the expression, I got to see until I believe it. That's what knowledge is, where you actually can actually testify either in firsthand knowledge or, yeah, firsthand knowledge, visually, physically, what is happening. So a lot of people don't do the self-care because they don't see the difference happening. The other type of self-care is skill gap. This is basically how to do it. I, I'm going to stay on hair care because that's just the only thing that's on my mind right now. And for you guys or guys who are not interested in hair care, some of you ladies who aren't interested in hair care, just bear with me. I'm just giving examples that are I'm relating to that's really relevant. One of the things that I remember that I really struggled with as a, a woman of African origin is having using products that didn't pull my hair. My hair is very tightly coiled. It's not curly, it's coiled. And it's very perceptible to being brittle. And I thought I could handle my hair like anyone who had straight or curly hair. And that's not the same. This game plan has to be completely different in terms of being very intentional about using wide tooth cones, being intentional about working from the root to the tip, very intentional about how I use stuff. And because of that, I had to be very deliberate. That's skills. For a lot of people, we don't get into a good rhythm until we feel more custom and more comfortable with that. That's what a skill gap is. For some of us, we don't feel comfortable taking a rest because it hasn't been modeled around the friends, our friends or family around us. It was modeled that it was more than necessary and needed to take rest. That skills, what I'm talking about, where you actually are shown how to do it right, either through observation, watching videos, reading books, right? Obviously, listening to this podcast is a form of narrowing the gap for you to understand how and why you need to be taking care of yourself. That skill gap, that's what we're talking about. Now let's talk about will gap. Now you may be listening and go, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get to what the point of this podcast. Tell me what I need to do to do self-care. And that, and so for some of you guys, we get impatient. Some of us, we're getting frustrated or we're getting confused or we want things now. And if we don't get the stuff now the way we want it on time, <laughs> on budget, n- not without delays, then we lack the desire. Have you ever wanted a package from Amazon and or eBay or whatever and if it's you wanted it because now in the I'm speaking from the U.S. and most packages are delivered anyway between two and seven days how awesome is that to get something like shipped to your house in two to seven days but anyway imagine if you really wanted a package or of 
crayons sent to your house within a week because you had this major project that you needed to use crayons for and you got it a month later after the crayons were shipped and would you still want to use the crayons a month later probably not because the urgency is gone you lack the will to want to use it and this is what i'm trying to say for a lot of us we get into depressions we get into anxiety we get into some form of complacency procrastination and we lack the will even though we know we need to do it but eh, there's no pressure there's no deadline there's no immediate urgency that says i need to go out and i need to get that massage because i don't feel in pain or i need to do something else because there's something other pressing matter that needs to be taken care of that's what i'm talking about will gap where the reason why we don't do it is because we don't feel the fire under our butt we don't f feel any sense of urgency to get things done i myself have been told for many 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 years before i even started going to therapy myself that yeah denise you need to go to therapy you need to resolve some issues you sound crazy i don't really know how to deal with it and i didn't lack the will to it because Everyone around me was interested in hearing the days of my life, of my drama. And I didn't feel the will because I had so many people who were enabling bad behavior. Yes, we can have people around us who are people pleasers and codependents where they feel completely enmeshed and they have no problems hearing every single thing because they're seeking to feel validated by being around you which is a completely other issue and it's beyond the scope of this particular podcast but i just want to let you know that if you're around someone who never complains and only listens to you complain over and over and over and over and never says anything like that they are not helping you nor themselves i just want to be 100 percent real about that okay now let's talk about the fourth reason about why people don't practice self-care we've already talked about knowledge talked about skill set we talked about will gap and lastly we're going to talk about emotional intelligence gap and this comes from a place where we think that we deserve to take a, a rest a respite or to end things only as if it's linked to our performance if i spent two hours working on this particular course, I absolutely deserve to have ice cream cone <laughs> as an example. Or for you, you may have this thought that I deserve to get X because I did Y. And because of this, we are thinking that we need to feel rewarded in order to feel that we deserve to be replenished, restored, and taken a rest. And I want to let you know that is an int emotional intellectual gap, okay? Where we think that in order for us to feel good, we must do good. Now, here's the thing. As human beings, we both have both female tendencies and male tendencies, most males on balance do good in order to feel good. I want to work on this project. I'm going to get this money. I'm going to use that money to provide for my partner, whatever activities. I'm doing good so I can feel a sense of accomplishment and sense of work. Some uh, women on balance, they feel good. I am going to do my nails. I'm going to go out to see my friends. I'm going to tidy up around the house. These things make me feel good and therefore I'll do good 
meaning I'll go to the office, I'll do whatever. Now, for some of us, we have more more female energy within us. Some of us have more male energy. It's Everybody is different. The whole point I'm trying to make is that for a lot of us, we've got our signals crossed about why we're doing things. And for a lot of us, we fall into this victimhood or martyrdom complex. And let me break down and, and explain what that is. Now, there was a psychiatrist in the 60s called Stephen Cartman. And he developed this very, very interesting drama triangle where it is revolves around victim, persecutor, and rescuer. And it's a drama because everyone is in a one, a one, the victim is already in a one down position to the prosecutor or the rescuer. And it flip flops back and forth. For a lot of us, we have been so used to being big V. When I say big V, I want to distinguish from a true little V. Little V is you truly have a random act of misfortune. Someone robs you, someone steals from you, and you've done your best to protect yourself and your personal belongings. And you're just a happen sense of misfortune. A hurricane hits you or something happened where when you did your best playing it and it still fell through. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the big V where we set ourselves up for failure by surrounding ourselves with people who abuse, neglect, or outright ignorant or not caring about our needs. And we go back again and again and again, and we come become the big V and we're seeking people who will listen to our pains, listen to our frustration. That's called the big R, the rescuer, where we're not, they're not really allowing you to be independent, not allowing you to get out of that dramatic situation. And they're actually contributing to it by listening to you. And they're getting fed off by your attention and no one's getting anything solved. Okay. For a lot of us, we cannot do any form of self-care because we're so caught up either being victimized, as we talked about, rescuing, enabling, and encouraging. I'll never forget when I was in one of my former jobs, I would tell my father about certain things that were happening in the office. And he actually encouraged me to be more disrespectful, more um, more violent, emotionally violent. And I realized that he actually enjoyed listening to the dialogue, right? And there's another class I want to talk about is persecutor. Persecutor was, you're not doing enough. You can't be good enough. You are not doing the right. And they're always wagging their, their finger at you. And there's no way that you can ever be satisfying their ever-growing lists. And I've myself, I've I've fallen into the persecutor role many, many times myself. I'll never forget, again, it was during my childhood and I was so irritated that my, one of my brothers would always constantly ask me to cook uh, dinner. And I remember saying, no, you cook it yourself. And he said, okay. 
I will cook it myself. And he learned from my father about how to cook and he started cooking food himself. And I, you would think I would be happy, right? Actually, I was livid. I was so upset. I was green from my teeth. How dare he take away my feeling to feel superior over him? Okay. That's the persecutor. The persecutor always wants to feel in charge, on command, in action over other people. And that's not healthy. We cannot ever be able to have any form of self-care ever in any of those victim, persecutor, rescuer rules. And that's what I was talking with you about in the earlier part of our time with one another, that I don't want us to have band-aid solutions. I want to understand, I want us to understand the reasonings, the rationale behind it, having real meaning behind it, because that is going to be able to Lift the fog over your head and really see things clearly for what it is. I definitely want you to be looking at your role. And if you're ready to take that deeper dive and really understand that amazing attitude is one resources where we'll look at your family of origin issues. We'll look at how you've been more or less conditioned to not understand who you are and to actually make that next action, whatever that looks like. So that you can be able to ask for your needs and get it done. And so that actually makes me go into another form of why we don't are able to take care of our needs. is this idea of martyrdom and perfectionism. And let's first talk quickly about martyrdom. Martyrdom is this idea of we want to be appreciated for big and small actions where we're assuming responsibilities that we're never asked. <laughs> you just kind of just stepped into the role and filled the position, even though no one even asked you to fill them in the begin with, where you're constantly showing that you feel that you are will be able to make or break the organization. If I don't show up, nothing's ever going to get done. Have you ever heard someone say that? Or perhaps maybe you have said that. That's martyrdom. And that all issue comes up from family of origin, where you the, you were learn from your family, your mom, your dad, your cousin, or whoever, to hurry up, be perfect, and don't complain. And as a result, you always feel like you have to, literally to the point you're breaking, your arms are fatigued, your neck's uh, constantly strained because you're, you're just holding so much burden physically and emotionally that you weren't supposed to handle, okay? And now let's talk about this idea of perfectionism. Actually, I love this definition from Elena Aguilar who wrote the book Onward. I want to actually just quote directly from her because some of the things that she says that is spot on for perfectionism. Okay. Perfectionists get upset when someone else or life in general doesn't measure up to how they think things quote unquote should be. They have uncompromising rules about how things should or must be. They blame themselves and others that aren't under the control or the control of others. They think in black and white terms, this or that, there's no middle ground whatsoever. They constantly discount the positives. Well, it wasn't as bad as well, I know it's good, but it could be better. Or, yeah, it was good, but I solved this problem where there's always constantly 
collecting black stars. You may have heard like positive collecting gold stars, right? But black stars are just feeling depressed, feeling morose, feeling resentful. They're constantly needed to see what's not working well and wanting to fix it their terms, their way. And the honest reality is perfectionists always feel as if they don't feel good unless there's always a problem to be solved. Okay. That's more, that's perfectionism. And for a lot of us, again, it goes back to those family of origin issues that I discussed earlier. Now, we talked a lot about what all this looks like. Now, let's talk about what we can do. Okay. What we can do is that, first of all, I talked about amazing attitude. That's definitely where you kind of unpack and understand who you are on a deeper level, where we can also sleep. Sleep is so great where our bodies can literally go into that rapid eye movement where we can process, analyze, decouple the negative information from the positive and form clear pictures of what's happening to us now and what's happened to us in the past and what we want to do in the future. We need to eat better. We live in a Western world where we, yes, we know trans fatty acids and all this other saturated fats, but really understanding what works well for your body and what you need to be avoiding for. I myself have a glucose sensitivity and as such, I have to be very intentional in eating as little as refined processed sugar as possible and it doesn't make matters more it makes matters worse that I have braces right now <laughs> and that can attract cavities and whatnot but I want to tell you this quick little story I remember trying to make my own bagels and I remember it was my first and my I shouldn't say first it will be my last time making bagels with all-purpose flour unrefined flour and even though I use a very little sugar, I was in a tailspin for the, the the whole morning after I ate that first bagel. I felt fatigued. I felt lethargic. I felt tired. And it was my body's desperate attempt to try to process out the sugar for a lot of us. If, with the reason why we're feeling so sluggish and so tired is because we're feeding our body things that are poisonous. And poison could also be drinking too much. Okay, Drinking too much sugar, drinking too much alcohol, all that's part of glucose sensitivity. We need to be able to get our sleep seven to nine hours. Everybody's different. We need to be exercising. We need, it doesn't matter what you do, just do something at least three to five times a week for at least 30 minutes to 60 minutes, okay? And then we also need to have equilibrium with nature where we give ourselves time away from staring in front of computer screens, staring at office, cold office buildings and just walking around and seeing the skies, the blue skies, getting that 15 minutes at least so we can be able to create our vitamin D so we can be able to have a healthy metabolism. There's so many things that have happened to us when we coalesce with nature. So I want us to be able to be in tune with that. Now, this was a lot to unpack within our time frame. So in the effort of of time, I'm going to kind of quickly go over everything that we've talked about briefly, and then we can close things up. So we talked about in the first half is the four reasons why people don't don't do self care is because of lack of knowledge, skill, will, emotional intelligence. We also talked about this idea of being victim and of being a a martyr and. 
unfortunately, a lot of us, knowing or not, we find ourselves in this drama triangle as a victim, persecutor, or rescuer, and there's no way that we be able to recognize our needs. We need to drop this idea of perfectionism. Being a perfectionist basically saying, I'm afraid of allowing people to be responsible for themselves. I'm a, I've been indoctrinated with this idea that I need to hurry up, be perfect, and don't complain. We might have been exposed. Actually, we, we have been exposed to people who gave us faulty, incorrect, incomplete messages of what it is to be authentic a hard worker. We also talked about feminine versus masculine energy. For a lot of us, we are doing so much work in order to feel better, but it has to be in balance so we can feel better by doing things that nourish and give our soul the needs that will make us feel better. And then lastly, we talked about ways for us to indulge in self-care. We talked about obviously amazing attitude to understand the root issue we talked about sleep eating better sleep exercise spending out time with nature i know there was so much that i unpacked but was there something that really woo denise like you hit home let me know send me a message my contact information is in the show notes below and i also just wanted to ask if this podcast really was helpful for you make sure that you share it with someone else well that is it thank you so much for listening take care and be awesome